Previously on Nerd Punches Nerd. And Elmore's like, I don't really prefer having shots at this juncture. Maybe at separate junctures I would have with the shot would be, you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, there would be a new graphic novel out called Juncture. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the only podcast where a bunch of nerds pretend to physically fight for minor pop culture minutia. I'm Jeremy, here with Benji and Sam. Say hello, fighters. Hello. Fighters. <laughs> okay. Today we have sort of the interesting idea. Would Sam you call it deceptively simple? Uh, not exactly. You see, for a long time we've been calling our podcast Nerd Punches Nerd, but really, a lot of times we seem to really agree with each other. But let's be honest, agreement is boring. So, this episode we've decided to do... DEFEND IT! Where each of us has to defend something that we like, that someone else does not like. So just to give you an example, one of us will attack the other person for... 90 seconds, then someone will defend for 90 seconds, and then a rebuttal for 60, and a counter for another 60. And we'll know that the round is done because we'll hear a sound something like this. <laughs> so, I love that we're introducing sound effects into the podcast. <laughs> it's it's, it's awesome. Natural, it's a natural evolution. <laughs> so just to start things off, we're going to have a little lightning round. And the way it's going to work is... Uh, Benji will defend something, Sam will attack it. Then Sam will defend something, I'll attack. I'll defend, Benji will attack. Are you guys ready to go? Yeah, and yeah. just to be clear, this is not about minor pop culture minutiae. That's what we will be defending and attacking later on. This is just to demonstrate what the format is going to be. That's right. All right, okay. so Benji, I'm going to give you a 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And what are you going to be defending? Crispios, the delicious Passover cereal that no one enjoys. All right, ready? Five, four, three, two, one, go. I love Crispy O's, and I think it's delicious, and I've always enjoyed it. I know it's really shitty, and I think it's in the category of so bad it's good, as we've done a podcast about before. But I really do agree with that. It's so bad, you're like, oh, you enjoy it because of how bad it is, and how you're like, oh, Passover cereal. It's, it's so bad. You know. Okay. <laughs> Very good. See, that's <laughs> how it works. And now Sam is going to have uh, ten seconds just 10, because this is the lightning round, to defend. I'm ready. ready. Sam? Five, yeah. four, three, two, one, go! Uh, Crispios are disgusting. They taste like mush. They're like the texture of mush and slime. Like, imagine if you were eating a mush, sweet, sick mush and slime concoction. All right! That was pretty uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure who won that round. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. The other person that was a has, good start. So the other person <laughs> judges and and says, "I dub Crispio's mediocre." All right. I give it to both of you. They're not good, but they're vaguely edible. All right. <laughs> All right, Sam. All right. You're up now you're going to defend. What are you defending? I am I'm going to defend. Who wants to be a superhero? Which was a reality show. 
Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Um. So if you Ready? uh, you're gonna give me the countdown. All right. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Who wants to be a superhero? Is amazing. It's the funniest reality show, unintentionally funny reality show you'll ever see. Stan Lee just dominates the whole thing, and it's just it's great from beginning to end. People on it are delusional, but in a funny way. All right. That was uh, it was interesting. Now I'm going to attack it, and I'm only going to have ten seconds. All right, ready? Five, four, three, two, one, go. All right. So Stanley never actually shows up in person. He only does things from afar. All the challenges were stupid. I tried watching the second season; it was terrible. Really. Um, all right. This is awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> Benji is the impartial judge. Who won? Um. I think I think Jeremy did, and 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 yeah, especially because he made a good point. If Stanley never actually shows up, then it's by default worse. All right, that's that's not true though. He does show up in person. Sam, your time is up. (laughs) Sorry, you're done. You finished. You You finished, finished, kiddo. You had a chance and you squashed it. You (laughs) squandered it. It flew away from you. I really don't remember him ever showing up in person. I just remember him being on the video. He was on video a lot, but he does show up in person too. I like the story. Also, right. you're right that the second season wasn't as good. The first season is great. Now, I'm going to defend the, uh, so we said mustard and tuna? Yes. Because yes. I like having mustard and tuna. Wait, okay, so wait, who's going to go first? Is it you? I defend, and then you attack, Benji. Yeah. All right? Ready? Five, four, three, two, one, go. So one of the things I like in life is spiciness, and I like a spiciness in life, but I also like the juxtaposition with the sort of mild, fishy taste of tuna, which can be kind of overwhelming, especially some of the lower quality ones. And I find mayonnaise to be okay, but kind of overwhelming at times. Well timed. All right, so, Benji, you have 10 seconds to attack mustard and tuna. Five, four, three, two, one, go! Ever since I was a kid, Jeremy's been fucking ruining tuna with mustard. I'm really pissed off about it, and I really just want mayo in it all the time. And he wants to shove tuna. I like mustard, but mayo in it is much better. So I hate Jeremy. All right, Sam. All right. Um, I'm going (laughs) to give this round to Benji. (laughs) Because I think that Jeremy made a poor case for, um, you know, why mustard is actually good in tuna. Um, and, And I like mayonnaise in my tuna, not mustard. So Benji wins. Now, as a reminder for our normal little discussion, it'll be a little bit different. Each person gets 90 seconds to attack something. Someone else will defend for 90 seconds. Then we have a rebuttal and a counter rebuttal of 60 seconds each. Then whatever we decide to talk about after that. So... Our first topic is something called Avatar. Now, for those of you who don't know, Avatar was a movie. <laughs> enough said. Uh, is that no, enough? It's, it's important to, to clarify that because we're not talking about Avatar the cartoon. That's right. Or The Last um, Airbender. Avatar The Last Airbender. Right. Night Shyamalan. Or the movie The Last Airbender. That's what I'm talking about. Because yeah, not that. We, we all agree that the cartoon was awesome and the movie The Last Airbender sucked. And so we're not arguing about those. We're arguing about the James Cameron avatar. Right. That's right. So I have 90 seconds, and that's it, to attack Avatar. So are you guys ready? Yeah. Five, four, three, two, 
one go. So one of my problems with Avatar is what it could have been and what it ended up. Certainly there's the racism obviously inherent in it and the sort of ripping off of classic white man's guilt and white man's burden and turning that into a movie and how really there are no actual good characters in it at all. Everything is an archetype. There's no character that you really can care about. It's filled with logical nonsense. It doesn't, nothing makes any sense. I feel like it's a spectacle that's really only meant for visual appeal that doesn't actually mean anything. And it's sort of like a vague anti-military pro-environment thing without really understanding either one of those things. And it's sort of a weirdly anti-establishment thing while being really kind of pro-establishment in the way it was made. So I really feel like considering that the, what it could have been and the ideas inherent in this other world and these concepts of virtualizing yourself and going into someone else, I don't know. It, I really just, I guess I'm just disappointed. I feel like the movie isn't really good. And maybe the sequels will be good. It's hard to say. I just don't like the original one at all. I guess, I guess there's that, plus the racism. That's really my real thing against it. All right, so, Denj, cool. Cool. All right. you Thanks. get 90 seconds to defend, however you like. Okay, give me a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Okay, I agree with all these things. I mean, I, 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 I groan, first of all, with some of the racist stuff. It's more of, it, it's more of like... To be specific about the racist stuff is yes, clearly they use these like these like tropes of like Native Americans. Here, this here's the spirit from the earth. Uh, they use like black and Native American actors and actresses to, to, to as Avatar. I mean, uh, to to be the, the the Navi. It was very clear, and it was a very immature movie, and it was very it was executed in an immature fashion. I completely agree with that, and I do think that's a little bit of a problem. However, I will defend it first of all as as a functional movie that I think did what it needed to do. Uh, uh, especially with the with the plot structure, it was a good enough plot. It was not a good plot by any means. It wasn't a great plot, but I, it was not a shitty plot. It still engaged me, uh, and and I, I think there was something to it, just as a solid as a solid movie. I I, I will not necessarily defend its faults because those are clear. I do not think it's one of the greatest movies ever. I do think it's a little bit of of an, of an achievement, you know, in the fact that the special effects really were a character, really were an uh, a, important uh, part of it. And I think that's an important thing to recognize, uh, you know, even just looking at it historically in the history of film. It did change some things. And, um, and it, it, once again, the plot, I think, was good enough and stood on its own enough to be able to execute that. I wish it wasn't as naive. I wish it wasn't as immaturely executed. But I don't really expect much more out of James Cameron um, in, a, in a lot of senses. And I think I... I, I actually overall had a... All right. So now I have one minute to rebut that. All right. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one, go. So I think it's also informative that you said it's not a good plot. In fact, I think it's a bad plot. It's a very simplistic, really copycat plot that doesn't really do anything. Other than that, I also feel like the special effects... While I can appreciate what they've done, I do not appreciate how they led to a string of crappy 3D post-converted movies and that I don't really feel like the 3D work that was done, the technical achievements, 
have ever been really used in any kind of effective way since then. And I don't even think it was so amazingly done then, although it was impressive to watch. I just didn't find it so immersive. I just don't think, and I've seen plenty of 3D movies since then. And some of them had decent effects, some of them had awful effects. In no case did I ever think this movie needed to be done in 3D. Or at least nobody's done it in a way that I really feel has lived up to that. Alright, so... Alright, so now, Benji, you will give your final counter-argument. So you ready? Sure. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Alright, I, 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 um... I, we could argue till the cows come home about whether or not it was actually a good plot or not. I think I, all I'm saying is that it was passable as a plot and it was fine. I I, uh, I I I don't think that it was that it was just. I really do think the gra- not the graphics, but the special effects really were pretty impressive. Um, I I it doesn't necessarily need to be in 3D, but I but I think it came to life more so than anything else before it. But the other thing about it is that I also was thinking about it. Some of those action scenes I thought were kind of were kind of engaging and like the transformation where he had to like ride that crazy it was very predictable when he had to ride that crazy um winged creature. Like like I, I think I think this it would not have been nearly as good without those special effects. And without, you know, those large precipices and the cliffs. And I and I think it really I, I don't really necessarily like it for the story or what they were trying to do with some commentary on government and blah blah blah. That was kinda of, eh. But I, I really thought their outdoor sequences, just for what they were, were really well done. And, and, and I think that, that... – All right. That's what I think. <laughs> All right. So, Sam, All right. Yeah. what are your thoughts based off of our little short argument? Um, I, I got to lean towards Jeremy's side. Um, yeah. I feel like Benji didn't really make the case that, that Avatar is a good movie, just that it – has some some good qualities to it and um you know and one of the things that benji that you defended being the special effects i think jeremy did a good job of of attacking especially the 3d um and i personally am not a fan of 3d movies in general um i i agree with what jeremy was saying about how he hasn't seen any 3d movies that he thought were really like needed to be 3d or did had a good job with 3d um so i'm gonna give this one to jeremy jeremy wins yeah, I, I I really understand it. It's uh, I just remember thinking I I did feel it was a complete movie. I, I mean, it didn't need to be as long as it was, but I thought it. Well, listen, James Cameron is a is a good director. He's you know he knows how to direct a movie. So right. yes, it had a complete arc of a story. I don't yeah. think I'm, I'm not going to argue against that. I just think it was a bad story, and sort of a failure of what it could have been. Well, I, I will say this. I'm pretty sure the sequels will not be as good. You know, I know you don't even like them. I mean, you're saying, I don't know if the sequels will be better. I yeah, highly doubt. I hope they'll be better. But highly I, doubt they will. You never really know. <laughs> I mean, it's been so long. I don't even know. I mean, James Cameron is one of those examples of people who uh, is a director who has made sequels that some people would say those sequels are better than the original. I don't know if there's been anything besides Terminator where that's been the case, but that is one of those big examples. Um, he made Aliens also, right? But yeah, he made Terminator, Terminator them. 2, Aliens, uh, True Lies. That it better have sequels to it. Hmm. Titanic 2. <laughs> Titanic 2. <laughs> no. Ships All right. Well, let's move on to our next defendant. This time it's about the Lord of the Rings movies. And mm-hmm. our, our old buddy Sam is going to be attacking said movies. That's right. And Benji will be defending them. I know, right? 
Alright, so what I'm going to do is do a little bit of the old uh, boxing ring. And Benji, you know, you're going to be uh, defending it, so hold off. Sam, you get nine. But I go first, right? Yeah. Because I'm attacking. Okay. Five. Wait for the wait for the bell, right? I'll wait. I, I am waiting for the bell. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. That wasn't the bell I was expecting, but it's okay. Um, so here's here's my issues with the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, they're kind of long. They're kind of slow, and that would be okay, except that. Um, I'm going to really say something controversial and suggest that the acting is not very good in these movies. Um, in particular, Elijah Wood. Didn't really like Elijah Wood. Um, he's, he's pretty unbearable in these movies. Um, also, Viggo Mortensen basically only has one expression that he uses in all of his movies, um, and he gets old after a while. Um, I, I didn't think he was so great either. Um, of course, I liked Ian McKellen. I liked... Um, Gollum, um, I think those guys, you know, those, those actors were awesome. Rudy, kind of hit and miss. Um, the other issue with the Lord of the Rings movies is that they, they really mess with the original plot of the books, in particular the ending. Um, the fact that the scouring of the Shire was taken out of the movies gives it a totally different tone. Um, you had all these, all these endings at the end of, um, of um, the last movie, and they, to leave off the scouring of the Shire really takes away all the poignancy and the significance of the ending. Um, I also thought there was not enough of Saruman. Um, Saruman's pretty awesome. But the Eye of Sauron being translated literally as an eye was like kind of a weird interpretation. It, met, it made, made more sense when it was more symbolic, I think. Um, and, oh, I'm out of time. All right. Benji, get ready to defend. Wait for the bell. All right. Okay, I could go. I could go on and on about talking about the little little bits of elements um, that that I thought were were good about it. Like, <laughs> okay, individual <laughs> individual scenes. Um, you know, obviously, I could talk about the "You shall not pass" scene, which was incredible, which everyone's got to agree is incredible. You know, the the chase scene in, in Fellowship of the Ring, where where Arwen, you know, summons the the, the horses and, and in the in the river, all that stuff, and the bat and the battle scenes. What I will say is, and what really hit me about about Lord of the Rings, and when I watched it for the first time, what's always affected me is that it is one of the only movies that actually offers a true fantasy experience, like one that we grew up with when, when we're reading these books that we love, and it encompasses so many elements of fantasy in a true way without sort of making it too silly. There are some silly parts. I agree Elijah Wood, eh. I agree that not everything's perfect, and it can be lopsided time, at times and, and, and too long, but really, I don't think anything else comes close to it by actually having you feel like you are in a fantasy world. I think that on its own is what's incredible and has all those elements of fantasy. And it, it is emotionally powerful in, in a, lot of time, a lot of times. Sometimes it is silly, but it, I, I think it does its job as a fantasy movie. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm so loyal to it. And I don't, I, don't, I don't see anything else even coming close to it, at least as a movie, in relating that sort of experience. Um, that's that's really the crux of my argument. I, I I think that I think also you know just in general anything with Ian McKellen it is just amazing and he just all right okay well Sam time for your rebuttal wait for the bell all right so I I agree with you Benji that um you know there are there are some good parts of the movies of course and the um the world that it's in is also good but um. 
I just I just feel like uh, these movies are are just overrated. Like having an impressive world that immerses you is good, but it doesn't make up for the fact that the movies are you know are boring or not well acted, silly at times. The whole second movie is basically just a long battle scene, and that's like it. That's the entire second movie. Um, not really uh, that entertaining. Um, and other than that, I guess just uh, I mean. I don't know. It's 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 a little dull, you know. I mean, these movies are dull. That's that's sort of my final argument. Um, so that's all I got. I know I'm I, I'm actually I haven't used all my time, but um, <laughs> well, you have like seven seconds left. So all right. Um, final four thoughts. seconds. Elijah Wood sucks. Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, zero seconds left. (laughs) (laughs) Make your case, Sam. (laughs) All right, Ben. Now it's time for the final round. Your counter rebuttal. The bell. Okay, I, I, I mean, once again, we we could argue whose opinions are are what you know, who finds what dull. But I, 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 I think that they also there 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 are multiple layers to the movie, and and. If movies can hit a number of different emotions and types of situations, like Lord of the Rings does, I, I Lord of the Rings does, I, I really think that it's a real achievement. I, I don't, I think it's pretty rare where you have something like that. What I mean by multiple layers is that there are times of of great, um, there are times of great sadness. There's times of great uh, courage. There are some amazing scenes. There are some great fight scenes. I think some parts are stronger than 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 others, but but it's really just got everything in it it just it just it has a lot of stuff going on in it and i i really appreciate it and also the fact they have the ring as a character that was really impressive the ring itself and you and and i think it captured this idea that you didn't really know what the ring was you know uh, it could be addiction or it could be the bomb all right well okay so here's my opinion and obviously it's also kind of subjective based on what you guys have said I mean, my my opinion of the movies is that you know they're kind of a good time, and I never really found them to be so utterly impressive. What I really like about them is how they normalized the ability to like fantasy, mm-hmm. and, you know, among the normals, as I say, and the non-nerds, civilians. <laughs> yeah, you know, the muggles, the unsullied, whatever you want to call them. I I guess I see some of the Sam's points in some sense. I definitely didn't care for the ending so much, but yeah, the two-hour ending. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have to. I have to actually ask something about the ending. Did either of you have? Because neither of you actually read the books all the way to the end, right? Nope. So you don't know what the ending is in the book and how it's different. No, no, no. Well, well, I know about it, Sam, because you've been talking about it for, for like twenty years <laughs> about, <laughs> about how the books do that. I, I agree with you with what you're saying about that, and I think that is a flaw in the movie. I, I absolutely. I just don't think. That's a reason to necessarily reject the movies wholesale because of that. Yes, it should end uh, on a, on a good note, on a powerful note. But I think there was enough to make up for it. Right. You know, I guess. I, well, I mean, I also I don't really agree with you, Benji, when you said like there are moments of great sadness or whatever. Like I don't I don't think there really were. You know, I forgot to mention in my, in my back and forth that like Arwen is like a completely useless character who does nothing. And, you know, there's no reason for her to be so prominent, except that, like, they wanted to make a woman seem more important to the story. Exceptionally attractive woman. What? Steven yeah. Tyler's daughter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well she did inherit his lips. 
I no, no, thought... there were moments of great sadness when uh, when when the- Theodred. I mean, I mean, you didn't really know him, but seeing the guy who played uh, Theoden, I thought was excellent, and his reaction to to Theodred, uh, Theodred's death, I think, was pretty powerful. Like he has that whole thing. He's like, you know, no parents should have to bury their their child. That whole thing, and he like collapses on the ground. I thought it was pretty good. Hmm. I I guess for me, the only there there was one scene that I thought was kind of sad, which is the scene of like when when Denethor is like eating his his lunch while while his son goes to battle. Yes, uh, you know that was that was a kind of uh, a moving scene. I'll give you that one. And Denethor, the guy who played Denethor, was incredible. Yeah, he was good. I guess I just never really feel like the movies ever got as good as the first movie. Yeah, I kind of agree. And each one was sort of like, eh, I thought Two Tower was, was so padded. And I also thought Return of the King was padded. I liked a lot of the stuff, almost entirely, I liked the stuff with Frodo, Sam, and Gollum, almost entirely. I thought those were very well done storylines. But a lot of the other stuff, a lot of the wars and the battles, I just got, I got, I got tired about it. There was just more and more. Nobody tosses it, Wolf. 72 times in a movie. You know, it's funny because I thought I thought the scenes between um Sam and Frodo and Gollum were were kind of like silly and and overblown and like melodramatic, you know, it's just hard to hard to really take seriously. I mean, I liked Gollum, but yeah, even I mean, Gollum, agree, Gollum got a little bit that, serious with the whole like split personality thing. Yeah, um, oh, it's yeah, a little bit much. Listen, Sam Aston, Sam Aston and Elijah would would not have been able to carry those scenes really without. without well, they any. did. John, they did all name. right. John Aston. Yeah. No, that's the father, right? I said, Sean Aston is what I called him. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought you said Sam Aston. He did, but whatever. Oh, oh yeah. Good point. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm just so I'm just so attached to him. No, John Aston was. We'll just uh, call him Rudy, just so we all know who we're talking about. Do you know who John Aston is? No. I think I'm saying his name wrong. Uh, so in the um, you, you you've seen the Adams family, right? Yeah. Yeah. So John Aston played the original Gomez. Oh, okay. In the old '60s uh, version, and he also did the. What else did he do? He he did a bunch of things. I'm trying to remember what the other thing that he did that was more recent, because he did a lot of voice work. Later in life, he was also born in Baltimore. Oh, good room. I know. <laughs> Obviously, you don't care about that. Right. We should. I think. I think we should move on. All right. So right. the next thing is going to be a little switcheroo. All right. And this is going to be about the Lord of the Rings books. And this time, our old buddy Benji is going to attack, and Sam is going to have to defend. All right. All right. So the, here we go. It's pretty exciting. All right. Wait for the bell. I have tried, and I have tried, and I have tried. Believe me when I say I have tried. I have tried to read either starting at the beginning in Fellowship of the Ring or or in middle parts of Two Towers or Return of the King. I have tried to read some of Lord of the Rings books. I I feel kind of like a traitor, like attacking Lord of the Rings books, like Tolkien's books, because he kind of started the fantasy genre, you know, pretty much did. But I cannot get through those goddamn books I, I, I don't know what it is about the writing. It's so unengaging. It's, uninter- it's uninteresting. It's, there are a couple sort of cool parts, 
that are always interrupted by 20 pages of song <laughs> or like, or like, or, or five pages of song, whatever it is. And I guess it's cool that he's creating this whole textbook of, 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 of myths, but that's, that's like what it was, but I didn't even find it interesting. Like, like I remember I heard someone say analogy. It's like we're reading Tolkien's writing is like rubbing sandpaper over your eyes. And, and I kind of agree. Um, the Hobbit, I think was a little, Jeremy and I have agreed on this. The Hobbit was, I think a little more engaging in terms of its writing, but, but I, I just, I, I can't I can't connect to any of it. I, I just find it I find it dull, like you were saying, and just like this archaic, weird, like words on the page that I, I just don't I don't know what to do with it. I feel like I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm talking to a very uninteresting old man. That's just this is what it seems like. You know, who's in kind of like a dusty, a, like a dusty de- uh, behind a dusty desk. Study. All right, all right. <laughs> Calm yourself. That old man can take another punch. All right, Sam. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. All right, wait for the bell. All right. So basically, um, I I understand that you have an issue with Tolkien's writing style and his language. Now, he was writing in a kind of old-fashioned way, and there was a purpose to that, because he's writing sort of epic literature, and he's appealing to this tradition of, of epic storytelling, um, and, and sort of like a literary style. Like, you know, he was he was an English professor, or linguistics or something. I, but I, I feel like he was coming also from a literature perspective. I mean, a lot of, a lot of you know, classic literature that we're expected to read in English courses in, in high school and college also is like, you know, it might not be the easiest thing to read in terms of its writing style, but that doesn't mean that the, the writing isn't impactful. And I think that it is impactful. Um, I also think that, that, you know, Lord of the Rings, the books, has, um, you know, a pretty good characterization. The characters are more interesting then in the movies, uh, motivations are more interesting. Their interactions are more interesting, um, and and their you know the characters are more engaging in a way that the movies weren't really able to capture in the same way for the most part. Um, I also think that the the story progresses. Um, I I mean I didn't find them dull. I found I found them like you know there were there's an adventure. Now I will say this: um, if you're going to read the books, you have to skip. The, the poems and the songs. You have to skip them. That, I'm just going to put that up front. Like, that's the way to read it. You don't try to, because you will get bogged down in the poems and the songs. But if you just skip that stuff, it'll be better. All right. Time for final counter attack. Ready, Bench? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, th- th- those are really good arguments. And once again, like, like I, I can't really in good conscience, really attack them, because I, I understand it. I just, I, I've read older, you know, older pieces of literature, like, you know, or Great Gatsby, or, or, or stuff from, like, Henry, Henry James, you know, Turn of the Screw, or, or some older things, and, and even sometimes I have complaints about Shakespeare being archaic, but I can still get into it. It's just, I, 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 I get this, as I said, I get this kind of overwhelming, like, dry feeling from it. I, I feel like there are moments of it that 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 have potential but i i i think i i guess i feel like that it's just it's just like i don't know it, it it's just like nothing's it's like nothing's happening that's that's what i feel like i i feel like when, when i was saying like an old man describing something in a study i feel like nothing's actually happening like it's just it's just these these pages of of like some like some like kind of crazy long-winded old guy just sort of talking about something you don't know about I, I feel like it's something I don't know about. So a lot of it's a personal experience of mine, and I really do respect it. I, I don't think it shouldn't be around. I just I, – that, that's one of the things I just have such issue with. I mean C.S. Lewis 
he's it's a different sort of tradition that he's writing from and the style he's writing with. But I enjoy C.S. Lewis, you know. But I but but Tolkien, it's just it's just I I uh, I remember um uh when I was reading the scene um where uh, Gandalf is, is talking to Frodo. I'm talking about in the book where, he, where where Gandalf is talking about why he was delayed and and how he got caught by Saruman. I remember him describing and I was thinking like, oh, there's like. Like what is going on? I feel like it was this like long-winded explanation. Once again, I was in ninth grade, and I, and and maybe the movie spoiled me in terms of the action. That I, I've always thought, uh, you know, entertain that possibility. Um, so maybe there's a little more to it, and you have to read between the lines. Um, I don't know. It's it's it just it's always been a frustrating process for me because I really want to like them. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. We will all be free together to worship at the altar, Tolkien. Tolkien together. He actually oh, kind of yeah. sounds like that if you if you hear old old friends and he's like, "Well, the sea of the fair Tolkien." All right, all right, all right. So all next, right. It, we're gonna switch it up. Benji, you're gonna be attacking something called Final Fantasy X two or X two. Stay tuned for part two of the podcast.